It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals might be done with external free agent additions. Let's talk about their free agency haul and what the one move we want them to make might be. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can follow this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell, and you'll get those notifications when we upload our content, and you'll be able to join that first listen club. And James, today we're going to do a bit of a retrospective on free agency, as it's likely that the Bengals are done making at least major moves. There could be a couple of smaller moves still coming and we're talking external free agents here because i think that uh extensions still very much on the mind of the front office but when we look at free agency on the whole real quick before we do that i just want to congratulate big Bengals fan hopefully locked on Bengals listener uconn head coach dan hurley winning the natty it seems like every four or five years uconn's winning a national championship during my lifetime and Hurley just happens to be a Bengals fan. So who knows? Maybe he's a listener of the podcast. So congratulations. If so, if not, still congrats, because that's a hell of an accomplishment. For sure. Always nice to see the extended Bengals fan family doing cool things like winning national championships. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool thing. Hopefully we can do that one day. I would like to win a national champ. What, what are we going to win a national championship? In? No idea, but hopefully. Yeah, we got to figure Holding that out. out. So, Bengals free agency, mostly done. We can probably yeah. agree. There, there may be some hope for some moves that we'll talk about a little bit as well. But to summarize, four major departures, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst, Samaje Pirine, probably in order of how major each of those departures was. Two safeties that were starting for the team, the starting tight end, and RB2 who outsnapped RB1 nearly 2-1. to one in the AFC championship game. So clearly these are players that the Bengals liked and used and thought very highly of and at different times tried to get deals done with uh, to different degrees of effort. Jesse Bates, obviously long extension talks. Von Bell, they tried to bring back. He got more money elsewhere. Samaj P. Ryan decided to go out to Colorado and Hayden Hurst just got a little bit more money from the Panthers. No doubt in my mind, the Bengals would have liked all these players back. Couldn't get the deals done. So they have all that money to use. And instead of using it on those four players, they do manage to retain on a pretty big deal. Jermaine Pratt, three years, just under $21 million. A bunch of lower level, one-year kind of deals for veterans uh, and restrictive free agents. Cal Adamitis, Joe Bacci, Jalen Davis, Safety Mike Thomas, Travion Williams, Trent Taylor, Max Sharping. Back on one-year deals for the most part, a two-year deal for Jalen Davis. And then the big moves, of course, Orlando Brown, Nick Scott, 
the two bigger external free agents, Irv Smith, uh, a bigger one in terms of the role he might play, if not the money, getting paid less than $2 million for his one-year deal, Sidney Jones for depth at corner, and Cody Ford for depth at guard. So some, oh, and Terrell Basham, who, of course, we talked about yesterday for some edge depth. So, of course, so, some work to do in the draft, but they kind of did what we wanted them to do in terms of they're going into the draft without major starting needs. Mm-hmm. So you give them credit for that at the very least. Yeah, I think that, the, and I've thought a lot about this. I think the Bengals are better today than they were when they left Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game. And that might be a take to some, but how often over the past two years in particular would you have traded Jesse Bates for a left tackle that would be an instant upgrade and that would lead to an upgrade at right tackle? Let's not forget, if Jonah Williams plays right tackle, he is better than Akeem Adenogy. I know there's a lot of Jonas Lander out there. There's a lot of debate on the internet and all of that. It's all hogwash when it comes to Jonah being a clear upgrade from what they've had at right tackle. And Lyle Collins is a question mark. I get it. He still exists. I like Lyle a lot. He's coming off of that ACL. So if you trade out safety and that being a position of strength for an offensive line that if Jonah's the right tackle, I don't really have many questions about. There are certain questions you could ask about Volson or Jonah's health or, you know, we could go down the list and, some executives want to pick apart Orlando Brown. You know, we could do that. But it's still a pretty darn good offensive line on paper. And so I'd feel good about it. And so that that part of it, it's worth the trade-off. And I think the Bengals, looking at these departures, would say, all right, we had an in-house replacement for Jesse Bates and Dax Hill. Whether that's fair or not, we went out and we got a guy, Nick Scott, who we think fits Dax Hill very well to replace Von Bell. We went and got Irv Smith to replace Hayden Hurst. The one external guy that they lost that, that they haven't really addressed is, is Samaj P. Ryan. And I, they may even tell you, well, Travion Williams can have a, a more increased role. But I, I think that that's the one where it's like, hi, you, you didn't really address that. But overall, I think they're better in key areas. And, uh, you know, Eli Apple's still out there. They essentially replaced him with Sidney Jones. I, I think that that's comparable even though Eli Apple's obviously uh been more productive over the past two seasons and certainly last season he's getting paid less than Eli Apple got paid too so the Bengals probably think that he's a little bit more of a backup where whereas they were comfortable paying Eli Apple a little bit more maybe familiarity part of that right maybe some some extra factors there but you're right about RB2. Deep mm-hmm. drafted the position. Maybe they yeah. still make a veteran move there. Maybe, maybe there's a, a post-draft move there. Maybe it's just Travion Williams. I, I wouldn't rule anything out necessarily. I'm not necessarily expecting a move at running back. But it's an interesting claim that the team is better, James. They, they certainly have replaced... Jesse Bates with a, a significant investment of draft capital, right? They, they had a highly invested safety in Jesse Bates that so they replaced with a highly invested safety in Dax Hill, even if, even if I don't think they played the same positions. Mm-hmm. And then they had a mid-tier investment in Von Bell that they replaced with a mid-tier to low investment in Nick Scott. 
from an investment perspective, because again, we've talked about this. I think they play different positions. I think Nick Scott is going to be primarily your deep safety. Dax Hill is going to be the guy they move around. Hayden Hurst, they, they continue their one-year rental at tight end model, and they could very well draft a tight end, right? So they have these couple positions where you know they've replaced safety. They probably got a little worse at safety, got a little sure. bit better at left tackle. Maybe maybe just got better at left tackle instead of a little bit as a qualifier. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if it's Jonah last year, which obviously was his worst year, I think yeah. they got a lot better. But I then, also think Jonah would have been better this year. And then questions at right tackle, largely because Jonah Williams may or may not want to do that or make that transition very well. The Bengals might end up trading him. I think that only happens if they have a replacement that they feel good about. But they were already really good. So here's the thing about when you're a really good team, when you're a Super Bowl contending team, it gets harder to get better in free agency because you have really good players and some of them leave and sometimes you have to replace them with players who may not be as good yet or who may need to grow into those roles, which I think Nick Scott would be an example of this where he has one year as a starter under his belt, doesn't have the experience of Von Bell, doesn't have the experience of Jesse Bates probably needs to continue to grow into that role as a starter, right? Irv Smith has missed a lot of time. Will potentially be playing a lot of snaps at tight end. It's it's hard to get better when you're already at that level. You don't think they're better? Oh, I think it's very similar. I don't I don't know that they're necessarily better, but I thought they were really good last year and have improved in some areas and gotten worse in others. And so which of those matters more to winning games? It's very similar to the conversation around running back. Like Bijan Robinson. Well, safety or left better. tackle? You tell right. me. Right, left tackle for sure. Yeah. But when it's, it's just, it, it all kind of, it, it's hard to distill and say like the entire team is better because they upgraded one position. You know what I mean? Well, well they wouldn't be better. That's why I had the, the Jonah qualifier. If Jonah just evaporated, if they just cut him and saved twelve point six, they're not better now. Well, it's, because it's yes. a huge hole at right tackle, and I think that's what people, some people, struggle to understand. They're they're better at left tackle, but now they have a big hole on their offensive line. If Jonah's the right tackle, which again I think he will be, mm-hmm. then you you feel pretty good about it. So that is the the big qualifier. Let's continue. I'm sure you have more thoughts. I have more thoughts. We will continue our free agency discussion and yes, tie in. If the Bengals were to add a guy, who would we want them to add? We'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout. So maybe you want to take LeBron James, the over on his points, the under on Anthony Davis rebounds, and the Lakers to win. You can do that with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Keeping it going with the free agency conversation. Let's do a, a quick grade before we talk about the, the one fantasy move or maybe somewhat realistic move. We'll see how mm-hmm. realistic we are. But but overall, James, you think the Bengals are better now than they were last year because they've upgraded their offensive line, even if maybe they've lost some of that continuity in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there are questions in the secondary. I do think it will be interesting to see how much that matters. Should be a Wouzier's recovery? Certainly a part of that. Will they draft a corner? A part of that, Cam Taylor-Britt's continued development. How these safeties, these new safeties gel when they had the continuity and communication at the back end. So, you know, you think the team's gotten better. I think it's close. I think it's interesting. I'm not ready to make big claims one way or another as to whether the team is better through free agency. But you can certainly say that parts of the team have improved, um, at least on paper. And obviously, everything is on paper at this point in the offseason. So all that being said, what, where are you at for, for a grade if you had to assess on, on the GPA scale, mm-hmm. F to A, for this Bengals free agency? B, B plus. I would say B plus probably, like an 88% on the free agency test. You're not getting that A minus, but you're, you're close. And a big reason why to me is, again, offensive line, you invest in it. I wanted them to invest in a a star right tackle, and they went and got a guy who I think is better than any of the right tackles that got paid in this this market. We'll see. but And I know he's not perfect, but Orlando Brown Jr. is really good. And I think he's going to make Joe Burrow's life much easier. I think he's going to fit what they want to do on the ground, and Burrow's going to fit what Brown can do. And in, in his strengths, and it's going to make life easier on Cordell Volson as he continues to try to develop. So it was just a huge get. And, and then all of these other things. I think Nick Scott is a great character guy, someone who's going to come in and raise the floor of that position, help Dax Hill and develop. And I was high on Dax last year. I've, I've made no secret about that. This was happening. Like Bates was leaving and Dax was coming in. We knew it last April. And so it, the fact that it happened, it, it's it, it was inevitable, and so we'll see how it turns out. But if you're taking safety, and instead of that being a strength, let's just say it's around average this year, and this offensive line is above average for the first time in Joe Burrow's career, I would I would take that trade off every single day. Now, what I've have loved, and we'll get to it, them addressing Samaj P. Ryan or being able to keep Samaj P. Ryan, yeah, I think that's actually a bigger loss than Hurst. I think there are a lot of tight ends that can do what Hurst can do. And you look around, there's a lot of running backs that can run. There aren't many that can earn Joe Burrow's trust and the trust of this coaching staff. I think that's much harder to do. And, and we saw that, and that's why he's been in Samaje in crunch time over the past two you know, deciding playoff games, the AFC title mm-hmm. game this past year and Super Bowl 56 the year before. Yeah, we'll see who's right about Orlando Brown too because plenty of executives oh, Mike Sando talked to Whew. around the NFL – 
True. Don't know if he's a left tackle. Everybody, you know, everybody. Some people think he's still a better right tackle than left tackle. There's some evidence for that, I guess. Maybe he is. Maybe he's better on the right side, but he's good on the left side. I think that's right. the part that's that the Bengals are saying. They're like, yeah, the, the Bengals feel like they're paying a fair price, right? They're they're not paying market setting money to a tackle who should improve their left tackle position. They invested, and we wanted them to invest in the offensive line. That's great. I, I think that stylistically, the Bengals offense might be a better fit for Orlando Brown than is being cre- given credit for by many. We've talked about this a fair amount as well. Joe Burrow, really good at getting the ball out on time, really good at dealing with pressure when he knows where it's coming from. I think that's part of why he praised Lael Collins so much last year, even though Collins was getting beat at times. He was getting beat in a way that Joe Burrow could predict and he could adapt to and he could handle. And in addition to that, from a, from a run game perspective, the power that Orlando Brown brings and the way that the Bengals have transitioned their running attack, the, the fit there makes a lot of sense too. So I'm on the side that Orlando Brown was a good signing. Overall, I would say I'm probably at a B. Wow. I was thinking C for you, like an average grade, so above average. All right. Yeah, above average. I mean, Orlando Brown makes it above average. When you can get a t- when you can get the best tackle available and it makes sense and it fits the way that Orlando Brown does, I think that's good. I, I think that it could have been a little bit better had they, you know, retained Von Bell for for a couple of years there, had they addressed tight end with something that felt more solid than Irv Smith. Although I liked the Irv Smith deal at the time they did it, I would have liked the Mike Gusecki or Dalton Schultz deals for for what they ended up signing. If you're going to do a one-year deal at the position, now I understand there were some cap constraints there for the Bengals on one-year deals, but there are some things that they could have done that I think would have had a bigger impact on their 2023 hopes in free agency. And there's still some time, too, if they wanted to make another move. For example, Mm -hmm. my move that I would like to see them make is a little fantastical. A little out there, a little. There's no way they're going to do this, but oh, I know sound, a lot. This of, sounds like my kind of. This sounds like my style. Let's hear it. I think a lot of Bengals fans have talked about it too, and is trading for Sauce Gardner. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, going. That out. was good. That was good. You had. I was like, all right, 28. <laughs> next year's one. Just a couple first round picks. Sydney yeah. Jones. What else? All right, not Go Sydney ahead. Jones. Uh, but anyway, yes, Dal- Dalton Risner. <laughs> You would, though. <laughs> no, they don't want Sidney Jones. It's not about the Bengals. Oh, oh well, so yeah. it's, why, why would they the Jets take on Sidney Jones? Maybe Cam Taylor Britt and a couple of ones. And and then you're, you're maybe, I don't maybe think so. talking. I think they would say Jamar T. Joe. They would want a lot. <laughs> Burrow. Like, it's one of those three. Otherwise, they're hanging up because yeah, it's you're talking about You're talking about one of the best corners in the NFL, if not the best corner in the NFL. Dalton Risner, though, the, the fantastical... Mm-hmm. The Bengals aren't going to pay money to a guard. I don't know what Rizzer's going to get at this point, him still being out there. The Bengals probably want to give Cordell Volson that second year to develop and show what he can be. Bengals fans certainly want to give Cordell Volson that second year. I mean, talk about a Midwest guy, right? Coming coming from, from North Dakota, endless grit in Cordell Volson. Yeah. You know, that, and, and we know the people of Cincinnati love grit. Had some flashes as a rookie for sure wasn't consistent there wasn't a a huge discernible trend to me an improvement 
in Cordell Volson over the course of the year. I mean, there were some for sure, but not to the point where I'm like, okay, yeah, Cordell Volson's your guard for, for three years. I'm not ready to Russell Bodine, ordain, starter for four years on the rookie deal, Cordell Volson. No, I, and, I think and so that that's where I'm that's where I'm at with the the Risner idea. I think that's fair. A couple things. One for Volson, I think he's already better than Bodine or Bodine. Um, I, I think that that is a take. I think that he w- Russell Bodine was very disliked, but I, I'm not sure. I I, I would have to. Who? I would pump the brakes on that. I wouldn't. Because what happened to him when he left the league, left the Bengals? I mean, it, well, and we'll see with Volson. It ended quick. Yeah, no, I I agree. the The thing with the Bengals is you have a cost controlled guy, and this is why they won't. They're probably not going right. after Risner unless Risner wants to take this Sidney Jones, Irv Smith type of deal. What one point seven five or one point oh eight? Right. I, I mean, that's what some of, they've gotten some of these guys for. I think they, they view it as a guy they believe in that has the right character built from the right stuff and is going to continue to develop. And we'll see after this year, but I, I agree. I think he's going to get this year. That doesn't mean they won't draft an interior lineman. That doesn't mean they close the door on Risner. I just don't think they're like, all right, let's go get him to play left guard in 2023, be our starting left guard. I think they eh, he'll fit well alongside Orlando Brown, and let's see if he can continue to develop. You have some thoughts on a guy as well, and it's going to tie into our last topic of topic of conversation. So I'm not going to spoil anything because then it'll give away your guy. But let's get to James's pick. Very on brand to finish the show here. Coming up next. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Joe Burrow. Drops back to pass. Number 15, Ezekiel Elliott comes up and sticks TJ Watt. Burrow goes deep to Jamar Chase. Touchdown. Bengals. Well, the, the Steelers aren't even going to be in anything. I don't know why. I was just naming a, a really good edge rusher. The point it's is, week one. is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world, right? I think Ezekiel Elliott really does fit. And it's I believe that there are people in the, inside the Bengals organization that think he fits. Mm. Now, the, the part that we don't know is the money. What does Zeke want? He obviously floated that out there. But that's that's my guy because that replaces Samaj P. Ryan. Now, character-wise, can't speak to it. Haven't interviewed Zeke. I don't know. Uh, th- does he fit that way? Is he willing to take a, a backseat to a rookie or to Joe Mixon or to whoever? I don't know, but I think he fits in a lot of ways, and I think he would work with Joe Burrow 
in this pass first offense where he's capable of catching passes. He's still going to get the yards as a runner that are there. He can still help you in short yardage situations. Might not have that that burst and that speed and be that 1600 yard rusher anymore, but I still think he's effective in that department at, at a, especially if you bring down his role a little bit. And then he's obviously an elite pass blocker. So Ezekiel Elliott's mine. And I actually think, and I don't believe this is a take of Elliott and Risner. I think Elliott is still more likely today than Risner. If I was picking one, uh, being most likely that the Bengals do, I think that they would sign Zeke Elliott before they signed Risner. That would be in a world where maybe they draft a running back. We drafted Bijan Robinson when he was available to us Ooh. in mock draft Monday this week. So maybe they have a rookie. Maybe it's Bijan. Maybe it's Jameer Gibbs. Maybe it's Ooh. Zach Charbonnet. Maybe it's it's any highly two. invested rookie running back and they want a guy that they feel confident is going to be able to be Israel Abanacanda. Certainly if you had an Israel Abanacanda, you want a guy that can go out there on passing downs and, and yes. you feel confident in, right? That has some experience doing that, who, who's done that at a high level. That it, you know, if you draft Roshan Johnson, maybe you're okay. Roshan Johnson, shout out. Can't help myself. Other Texas running back. But people are drafting him earlier and earlier in mocks. Like third round, could child be third please. round. All right, and be. I'm child pleasing that. I mean that that's just the nature of nature I'm of the good. business sometimes. What would um, you ra- is it? Is that the nature of the business? Yeah. All right. Guys, guys get drafted in Over. different places. Roshan at 92. Anyway, th- there's a world where Zeke makes sense. Agree with that. Just like you know, we talked about with B. John Robinson. There's a world where B. John Robinson makes sense. And this ties into a, a couple of conversations. That, that we've had this week and kind of goes back to that first conversation for me that, that we had today about are the Bengals better? They're better at some positions and they're probably better overall. You, you, you compelled me into that a little bit. Uh, certainly. I, I do think it's hard to get better than you are when you're a Super Bowl level team. That's just hard to do, but you still have the draft and Bijan Robinson would make them better, right? He would improve the running back position to some degree over what Joe Mixon and Samaj Piran were able to provide you last year, assuming that, you know, the drafting of Bijan Robinson would mean moving on from Joe Mixon, which probably, right? The question is, is how much does that matter in terms of winning football games? We know a couple of things about the running back position at this point based on research that's been done in the last few years, we know that running back success is more dictated by number of defenders in the box, offensive line plays, scheme, play design, play calling, than it is on the running back, although the running back does certainly matter. Mm-hmm. We know that receiving is more valuable than running. We know that receiving is the most valuable thing that running backs can do, but even then targets are better served to tight ends and wide receivers than they are to running backs. We know that year-to-year performance isn't very steady for running backs. We know that the transition from college to the NFL is very smooth for running backs. You get a lot of year-one contributors at a high level at running back. But I want to ask you some questions, James. When, when in the last, like, I don't know, five years have you thought, you know, the, the Bengals didn't win that game because their running back didn't play well enough? Let's start there. Well, it's not, you, I mean – that's so 
they sucked and then they became a pass first team. So it's tough. And well, that includes they're, two they're, borough they're, years. Yeah. And then they became a pass first team. One, one borough year, they still sucked and they weren't, they just, they were awful on the offensive line and won two games with them. Um, so could we go this route? We could. But I also think that trench play wise, they're better there. Sure. They're going to see a ton of too high and they weren't able to run the ball effectively enough to get teams out of that. And so there but, are better but, fits out. There are better fits out there than what they currently have. And sure. so who is that? When is that? Right. Like, I don't think anyone debates they need to upgrade at that position. Need is a strong word. I would say that it would be good to upgrade at running back. I don't know if it's like critically important to the team's chances of winning a Super Bowl. Sure, because you you feel good about Joe Burrow. I get that. But you know what would make life easier on Joe Burrow? Not having to quarterback sneak it on second and one. It's the most embarrassing thing. They better not have to do that this year. I don't they, think they, they have better, to. I think they like it. They like it so they didn't have to be faced with third and one. Because they sucked in short yardage. They like avoiding third downs. It's good Why? to get first downs when it's second down. But, you know, you, you can you know get what? them other ways in QB sneaking. You I don't like the happen? second down QB sneak. You know what should happen on second and one? Every single second and one for the rest of time with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Handing the ball go- to B. John Robinson, of course. A go ball. Because B. John Robinson can get you a yard every single time on third and one. And you know that. I like mean, that's obviously that's... In a, a, a of course, and you're not throwing a you're not throwing a go ball every right. single time. But it would be nice to be confident in your short yardage game. I'm not so, sure that adding and that's not why I would back. want and that's not why I would want Bijan Robinson, by the way, to upgrade their short yardage game. I would I would do that because everything the Bengals thought they were getting with Joe Mixon when they drafted him 48th overall and took all the heat they took. That's what I think Bijan Robinson could be. This complete three-down back, which Joe has never been. This guy who could play a ton of snaps early on, and, and not 60%. I mean, if you want to play him more, you would, you'd be able to. 70% and not leave the field on third down and fourth down. And all of those downs, critical downs against the Chiefs, for example. That's what I'm saying. And I think if you find a guy like that, a special running back talent, it does make a difference. If not, if we're talking about Tajay Spears versus Israel Abanacanda, not going to feel as strong about it. But if you're passing on, you know, even Jameer Gibbs, if you're passing on one of these top guys and waiting a couple of rounds, well, that could make a difference. Like mm-hmm. if the Bengals had, had taken Kamara, Alvin Kamara, how much better would he have he had fit in this offense? In a different world, I get it. It hasn't lined up. But if 2017 Alvin Kamara came into 2023 Cincinnati, that would be wild. It would so be a perfect fit. Jameer Gibbs is what you're saying. No, I'm just saying both fit, but but you're telling me that that guy wouldn't have an impact, right? Kamara of 2017, of course he would. He would catch 85 passes and be rookie of the year. I mean, there, there's an impact, and it looks great, but does it help you? Like, how much does it help you win games? How many more games do you win because you have Alvin Kamara instead of, I don't know, average running back, I guess Joe Mixon? Let's just say how, how many more games you win. I mean, Joe Mixon have... isn't average. Let's not go crazy. He's still he was last that. year. Sure, but he's still a, a. He was last year. He's still slightly, probably above average. Pro- probably. It just. I mean, most of that is that he's been mostly healthy. 
in his career, he, he had one year, of course, where injuries were bad for him, but he's been on the field a lot, and that really helps because running backs generally don't stay on the field. And him staying on the field has helped him be, for the most part, mean, top 12 running back guys. in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And I think it makes the difference in – imagine having a, game, having a game-changing running back. The Bengals haven't had one of those since Corey Dillon, and they sucked when they had Corey Dillon. Rudy Johnson wasn't gotten, a game-changer. They've still gotten game-changing plays out of their running backs. Jeremy Hill wasn't. Giovanni Bernard wasn't. And I thought Gio might be able to be, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Not consistently. And so that's the difference. I think the, the running back argument makes sense until you're talking about an alien. And, and so there, there might be an alien available at 28. So, uh, and if they don't think that, if they don't think he's an alien and they think he's just really good, all right, then, then I get not taking him. I'm just still but waiting if, for compelling evidence that an alien at running back actually helps you win Super Bowls in the modern NFL. I just, well, how I many, just don't see it. This is like the argument 10 years ago when people said elite wide receivers didn't matter because Tom Brady didn't use them. And pay, you know, like that's what well, it is. Like, that, oh, elite, that, that was... elite receivers, elite receivers don't matter. And I argued then it did. And I'm not saying why. it doesn't matter. But here's the thing with a, an elite running back: how many of them have gone to situations with good quarterbacks? A lot, because teams Who? that think. Who? Barkley, <sighs> crappy quarterback. Dak was the best. Like Zeke got Dak a second deal. Like I know Dak's good, but that rookie year was Zeke carrying him a lot of it. I mean, I guess uh, does it's I, a game I, I guess like freaks you're talking about like Adrian yeah, Peterson. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It, and then they're paired with it's like Corey Dillon. He was paired with awful QB play, and I'm going because like back, Alvin Kamara played with Drew Brees. That was and they were really good. good. They should have went to the Super Bowl. But <laughs> Sean like, that's Payton's an idiot. Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees, the Hall. So, so there you go. And they were successful. And that was the end of Breeze, but it, they were still successful. But Mark was Ingram is still like a huge part of their game. I don't know, man. It, it's uh, I'm just waiting for evidence. Maybe he shouldn't have been. Probably shouldn't have been. He was very efficient, though. The, the bottom line kind of comes down to the, the running back position. If you think running back is valuable in a, in a game-changing position that can help you win football games, and you probably want to upgrade the position, right? If you think that running back is not very important in helping you win football games, you probably don't want to invest in high, as highly there. Would Marshall Falk be worth it at 28? I mean, that's like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey would be worth the 28th pick if he's healthy. Of course probably. he would. He, he's got injury issues. But if you're getting rookie Christian McCaffrey yeah. at 28, oh, my God. Like, unbelievable. Like, it probably. would be – so there are certain guys that are exceptions. That's, I guess that's where we're – and so is, is Bijan an exception or not? I, it's up for the Bengals to decide. I, I, don't know, I don't know how good you have to be to be an exception for me. Like it, it has to be like Barry Sanders-level stuff. Like so much creation on your own, and maybe Bijan does that. But it's just so hard in the NFL to be that guy because of all the evidence we have. Wide receivers we know can create on their own. We we know like we can we we know about separation we know about contested catchability all these things that wide receivers do on their own, with running backs. So much of their game is is and, and their output is controlled by factors that they don't control, and that's what's that's what continues to make it hard for me, to want to commit big resources to a running back. The Bengals have done it time and time again though. Second I mean, round picks. 
28th and 38th. There's. I, I know what? you keep saying that. It's, it's about it's, opportunity costs. Like like I said, there's a world where there's nobody else that is like compelling enough for me to pass on Bijan Robinson. But yeah, like like saying first round versus second, like first round's really edgy. Like saying it, it that again, way, it's the twenty eighth pick. It's the gap in the picks, though. It's if you take a running back at twenty eight, you're you're going to have whatever other position we're considering is no longer very attractive at at sixty, most likely. Sure. And would you have rather take a tackle that you don't fully believe in that ends up being Cedric Abwehi or? Well, I mean, if you put it that way, of course you don't want Cedric Abwehi. But so the point is, you got to get the player right, which goes back of to, yes. which goes back to, if Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, watch them take Jameer Gibbs twenty eighth. Is an alien two point oh. Come on, man! Don't do if that. If they take him over Bijan, uh, no, I'm not saying that. I, I don't think Bijan's necessarily <laughs> going to be there either. Okay, I thought you were saying if they took Gibbs instead of Bijan Robinson. But yeah, that would be. Now watch, he could end up being better. But yeah, that, be. that part would be interesting, right? But I think there's value there. I just, I, I think it's amongst the elite. So like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, right? The running back version. We're going to see some of those guys. And they're going to fall to quarterbacks with good teams. And the Chiefs, they might not have picked the right guy with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and everyone uses that. Okay, well, Bijan Robinson isn't Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I, I think that's the part of it where if Saquon Barkley fell to, to 28 and he was a rookie, I think he'd be a game changer for this team. And that B. John Robinson might be as good or better. There's a lot to it. I, I honestly, I trust the Bengals coaching staff. I think any coaching staff in the NFL, when they have a shiny first round running back, the temptation to hand him the ball on second and one grows which is also fine, I guess, because you get a first down most of the time there. But, you know, play second action. And, second and 10 runs. T. Higgins didn't is like deep. those before. Five is wide open. Burrow hits running, him in Running stride. backs have nothing to do with play action being successful. I'm not, I'm not saying it necessarily does, but it would help them play action wise if they could actually run the ball effectively week in and week out. A little bit, but again, lots of evidence that says running doesn't have much to do with play action, although teams really didn't buy the Bengals. Let's throw action, it so every time. Problem. Every time. No one's saying that. I, okay. So I would rather hand it to B. John Robinson than, you know, as yeah, much as I like again, Israel and Manikanda. It's, it's an opportunity cost conversation. We have gone really long on this conversation. Let us know what you think about the value of running backs. Present me with evidence that explains why Bijan Robinson and investing in an elite running back would make the Bengals win more games. You know what's going to be funny? When he breaks the rookie rushing record for the Bengals at Paycor, not for the Bengals, but like the rookie rushing record in a Bengals uniform at Paycor, and you, have to, and you have to woo afterwards. That is going to be hilarious, and I can't wait. You haven't learned by now that people can't make me woo. Anyway, that would be fun. That would be great. I want the Bengals to win. If you can convince me, that Bijan Robinson will make the Bengals win a Super Bowl. Awesome. I would love to, I would love to be persuaded because he's Marshall a fun Falk. player. Marshall Falk. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll be back the rest of the week, of course. We're going to get a mailbag in at some point this week. Until next time, hootay and have a good one.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.